season, we're really thankful for the sponsorship of Crossway, who have a long history of publishing excellent gospel-centered resources. We're really excited to share with you some of their books during this season. One of those is the excellent Women of the Word by Jen Wilkin. It has fast become an essential read, and for good reason. Wilkin seeks to equip women to mine God's Word for all it's worth, but not just for the sake of informing the mind and knowing the Bible well, but for the sake of loving Christ more deeply, seeking his face more fully, and thus being transformed into his likeness more and more. In so many ways, her book embodies what we're seeking to do on each episode of this podcast. Go and grab your copy from wherever you get your books. Welcome to Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. My name is Felicity and I'm in the States and I'm here with my sister Sarah and she's in the UK. And this episode is all about introductions to our new season, to us and what we're going to be getting up to over the next few weeks. Sarah, good to see you. What's in the cup and what's to nibble? I'm in the UK, but I've got an Australian biscuit, which is very exciting. It's called a Tim Tam. My parents-in-law went to visit family over there a few few months ago and brought us back some Tim Tams. And it's, I have to say, it's very good. It's it's got caramel in the middle and it's like a, what we'd call a penguin in the UK, um, chocolate covered. Sounds delicious. In fact, I actually came across some over here. They called them the American style Tim Tams. I was like, well, I'm not sure. Was the penguin first or the Tim Tam first? Who knows? Oh, that's a question, isn't it? What have you got? (laughs) A disappointing show, I'm afraid, in that while I was in the UK, I forgot to shop for biscuits. So the cupboard is is empty apart from I've got a stale chocolate hobnob. That's so disappointing. We even had some nice biscuits together. I know. I don't know what I was thinking. I just forgot. My husband even said to me the other day, let's have a biscuit with our cup of tea. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to the cupboard. Bare. Nothing. I'm hoping, you know, some kind family member or or something might send Someone might. You never know. You never know. (laughs) Hint taken. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're doing over there. I am here with my husband, Jonathan, and we have two little boys who are five and six, and I spend my time looking after them. And when I'm not doing that, I love to teach the Bible in my church. What about you, Sarah? Tell us about yourself. Nice. Um, I live in London, West London, with my husband and our three children. We've been here about 10 months now, so we're still kind of rooting ourselves in the area. My husband's the pastor of our local church, so uh, that's what we're doing here. Let's just say thank you so much, everyone who participated in our survey. We've so appreciated hearing what your feedback is. We really, really value everyone who, who took part in that. Absolutely. And we want to apologise for the um, biscuit influence. A few people could have mentioned that they're eating, definitely eating more biscuits because of, you know, listening along to our nibbling of our biscuits. So um, <laughs> we're sorry, but not sorry, because we're enjoying them still. So I think you keep can going. too. Keep going. Biscuits <laughs> yeah. are a simple joy. You know, enjoy, know. literally know. enjoy. <laughs> so Felicity, what are we seeking to do on this podcast and what are we not seeking to do? Yes, great question. We are seeking to get the Bible open to talk about it, to apply it to our hearts, to drive it to the heart, to really let God's word sink in, not just in our chat, but into our lives as well. We are not experts. We're not trying to be Bible teachers. We are, um, we've been doing this for a number of years, so not with each other so much, with other people. So it's a kind of a part of what we're about as people is to get the Mm. Bible open. And we've just pressed record on that really, haven't we? Yeah, so we've pressed record in the last 18 months. Um, This is absolutely the overflow of what we do offline. (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> so yes. I think it's really important to say that, isn't it? It's not just something we've kind of um, thought out of thin air. Um, this is this is the heartbeat of what makes both of us tick in our local church ministries, isn't it? And we love doing this with people on the ground. So, um, but it's an absolute joy to get to do this with you as well um, over Zoom. Um, yes. What's been it? So one Thessalonians or first Thessalonians I hear yes indeed first Thessalonians I I have to say when we were doing Habakkuk Americans call that Habakkuk I thought maybe we had the better pronunciation I first Thessalonians just sounds very nice I think it sounds quite grand like first Thessalonians so I might I might adopt it I don't know maybe we can can adopt that I think we can you know equally go for whatever we're familiar with that's fine yeah (laughs) um what's been your experience of this letter in the past I think as I was getting into it uh, this time round, I thought I haven't heard this taught as much as I had thought I had, if you see what I mean. Um, I feel like I've heard quite a few one-off sermons in it, particularly in relation to ministry and how we look after one another and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I don't think I've really in-depth studied it before. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. What about you, Sarah? Yeah. What's been your experience? Um this actually holds really precious memories for me as a letter. So this is the first kind of book of the Bible that was opened with me just after I became a Christian by a lovely woman called Susan um, and really showed me the power of God's word at work in me and at work through the gospel. Um, it was the first book I then opened with someone else as I chose to kind of then read the Bible with a student. And I think I made an awful job, awful <laughs> job of it. But um yeah at various points it's been one of those kind of friendly kind of familiar books for me and yet actually coming back to it this summer and beginning to read it again it's felt really fresh and I've really noticed stuff that I have never noticed before in it and it's been really exciting to come back to it it's kind of an old friend but it's got a new Mm. I don't know new take on it almost it's the same letter it's not nothing changed does it (laughs) I love that but when I find when I read a a book of the bible in a different season of life then often you know different things yeah they pop up don't they they? absolutely so what's it look like for you to get the letter open how have you started to get into it I have I would say I've been reading it all throughout the summer really as much Mm -hmm. as I can and listening to it as well I'm I'm finding that listening to it in different voices as well not my own different voice (laughs) that would be weird (laughs) but on a you know one of these apps that you can listen to the bible on and uh, pen in hand just kind of try to or many pens well I, to be honest, I have one pen and often I can't even find that pen. So it's not a very oh, yeah. carefully chosen pen, I, which I appreciate is different from you. Yeah. <laughs> I like a handful. Yeah. <laughs> a very particular colours. So yeah, just, uh, just on that. And I've, I've actually spent quite a lot of time just praying it in, like in mm. that, if it, that's a, maybe a, a strange term, but that kind of praying in response to what I'm reading and trying yeah. to get my heart engaged and not just my head. yeah that's really helpful I think for me it's just been remembering that this is a letter so that means it's written by someone real to real people in a real situation and I think just keeping remembering that has been really good for me as I've been kind of getting into it um particularly with Paul's letter sometimes you know there's hard stuff in Paul's letters isn't there and it feels quite confusing sometimes and actually just keeping remembering oh no this is written to real people in real situations um so that's been really helpful for me Felicity we're gonna this season we're gonna particularly have a think about something called bible handling tools um and i wonder whether you can just explain to us what are these bible handling tools and how can they help us why are they 
something useful yes they are useful so this is this is for this is for that time when you open the bible and you're just not quite sure how to get into the passage the book to work out what god is saying through that passage and Mm -hmm. rather than being our first port of call being a commentary or a sermon or whatever which are all good things but for wanting to get into the bible for ourselves and feel confident in that then Bible handling tools are just simple, literally tools that help us to kind of crack open the passage a bit. So it's something like the Bible timeline tool. So where does it sit in Bible history? The context tool, looking at something as simple as repetition or the tone and feel or how come this Old Testament quotation is here? What's it being used for? Mm -hmm. So we're going to be kind of helping get into First Thessalonians through using these tools in, in hoping that we might be able to equip others to be able to get into the Bible for themselves. Nice. So give us an example then. So uh, tell us about the Bible timeline tool. Now we've alluded to this in past seasons, but kind of tell us explicitly what it is and how you're going to use it to help us get into first. Yes. So the book of the Bible that we're reading, we want to be able to place it in the big arc of the Bible story. So salvation history, where is it? Is it pre-cross? Is it post-cross? Where does it sit? And the Mm. reason for doing that is to then be able to read it rightly and apply it to ourselves rightly. So we can then compare where are we in salvation history? Where were the original readers in salvation history? So for example, with Thessalonians, we've got this little church in Thessalonica, which was established after the resurrection of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Missionary Paul was the one who proclaimed the gospel to them. So they are in what uh, the Bible calls the last days, that the last big event was the resurrection of Christ. And the next big event is actually going to be Jesus's return before then the new creation. And Mm -hmm. so we are actually in this in the same last days. We are waiting for that next big event as well. So that's really helpful to know because we can then actually read this letter and think, while we're not specifically in the Thessalonian context, we are in a broad salvation history, similar context. Sarah, tell I alluded there a little bit to the context. The context tool, tell us how, how might that help us? Yeah, I think there's many different ways you can use the context tool, but just using, for example, just one um, simple way you can use it, just thinking about the general context of the letter. So remembering that when you read a passage in a letter or in a book of the Bible, it's never just in isolation. It's always as part of a bigger whole. Um, And so actually, so we think about the letter to the Thessalonians. Well, what do we learn inside the letter itself about Thessalonica, the place? What do we learn about Paul and Timothy who wrote to them? What do we learn about who the letter's for? What do we learn about these people who Paul is writing to? Um, But we can also learn about the letter from outside the letter itself. Um, And that's not just through kind of general history um, around and about. It's actually in the Bible as well, we've got Acts, which documents Paul's missionary journeys as he proclaimed the gospel. So you turn to Acts 17, and there we have documented for us what it looked like for Paul to preach the gospel in this place. Um, he was there for three Sabbaths, which basically means he was there for three or four weeks. That was it. It was called, almost like a kind of gospel hit and run. Like he it was there and then 
riots happened because people did not like this gospel he was preaching. A number of people did. So it said a number of Jews, a number of Jew- Gentiles, and not a few prominent women. I just um, love that. <laughs> I know. Like, brilliant, isn't it? Um, but riots started. They then had to flee the city at night. Um, and so this fledgling church who'd only heard the gospel three or four times, really, and had been kind of converted through that, were then left. And that was kind of it. And so he's writing into that context to reassure them that he was the real deal, that what he preached was the real deal as well. Um, And he's encouraging them to keep going and wait for Jesus' return and all that comes with that. Um, And actually using that context tool really helps you to then get into the start of the letter and read it with that in view. Mm. Um, So I think the tools are really important, aren't they? Um, and we're going to be using those tools as we go through the season. I hope it will kind of help people. It definitely helps us to be using them as we go through, doesn't it? Um, but Felicity, before we kind of round up, give us a give us a little glimpse as to how this is shaping your heart, this letter. What are some big themes you're noticing and how is that kind of impacting your praying and just your kind of perspective even over the last few weeks? Mm, I think, first of all, I think just the tone of the letter has just become more and more evident to me. The way that Paul feels about the Thessalonians is just, it's overflowing with encouragement and assurance and love. And just, he is all in for Mm -hmm. the Thessalonians to keep going. And that big thing that punctuates the letter, every chapter there's mention of Jesus' return. And so I feel like Paul's kind of like, come on guys, keep going because the certainty that Jesus is coming back is just huge. Mm. That's a perspective shaper. And I, I, that Jesus's return is not something that I think about very often, really. And the frequency with which it comes up in this letter has really challenged me to think, why, why am I not thinking about it more? Like, why does it not shape my thinking more and the way that I'm living? And so that's been, that's been a big thing. What about you, Sarah? Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I mean I just don't think I'd seen before the how his return really is threaded through the whole letter, and it's it, it you know it's the kind of backdrop, it's the lens through which we see everything else in the letter. It feels like, and I think just pausing on that and just kind of it's challenged me in some of these mundane and the mundane kind of days and the summer holidays. Actually, just thinking, well, actually, am I seeing this through the lens of Jesus' return? Am I seeking to please Him because He's returning and because I want to be fit for for that day? And mm. I think, yeah, it's it's good, but I I feel like I'm hungry to kind of get stuck into it more and really see how that's going to impact my days and my thinking and my living um I think also what's really struck me is just like how it's a together thing as a church family there's a lot of one anothering there's a lot of um kind of commands to do this all together as a church family it's written to the church as a whole and I think that's been just really encouraging thinking through yeah actually these people that I'm serving alongside my brothers and sisters in my local church family this this is it Mm. like we're waiting for Jesus together and this is a thing to do together and um that's my priority and I think just kind of having that kind of beginning to just see the value and the beauty of that through this letter has been really good for me this summer. Yeah. And I think in kind of in relation to both of those things that I've really noticed holiness being talked about in the letter, which I don't think I've really noticed so much before Mm. that kind of, and that togetherness, a part of that is spurring one another on in this holy walk, striving Mm -hmm. in holiness. Also that we might be standing there on the last day when Jesus returns. And in my head, I just don't think those three things are linked very often, like the Mm. together as a church, 
encouraging one another, each other in holiness. And with Jesus' return being the kind of the backdrop and the the, the aim of it all. So uh, <laughs> I feel like there's a few big questions kind of looming oh, around. Like, what, definitely questions. what are those connections and how does that work? And uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm still missing the links here. Like I feel, well, we are, we're at the beginning. We're not at the yeah. end. It's okay, isn't it? Like we're <laughs> yeah. not, I'm not expecting to have all the links yet in place, but I feel like there's a hunger to kind of go deeper and kind of really get a grip on what, what his flow of the letter and why he's saying things at various points mm. and how Jesus' return impacts that. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for that and and daunted as well because it's you wanna you wanna kind of read it well, don't you? You wanna yeah, read it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's and that's a good thing to say to our, our listeners and actually we want to like as everyone reading the Bible, like those who are listening and us, we wanna we wanna get it right. But actually we that even just being in the word together and understanding what we can from this, then God is working through his word. And, and so it's okay. We're going we're gonna to be okay. Even if we don't answer all the big questions, we're going to yeah. be enriched and encouraged by 1 Thessalonians. Definitely. So briefly, before we close, how can we make the most of this season in 1 Thessalonians? I mean, as ever, we would say, grab a friend a sister in christ like (laughs) do it with someone else we cannot speak more like highly enough of just the value of doing it together we so enjoy doing this together and so we'd really encourage you to just be bold be confident just just ask someone if they want to sit down and and listen and read it and use the show note questions yes to help that conversation a surprising proportion of people who answered our survey in the summer didn't even know they existed. They do. We have some discussion questions in our show notes. The show notes are the kind of text below where you press play, wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, there you will find three or four questions that just help you to have that conversation over a cup of tea with a friend um, and just encourage you to really drive this to your heart. 20 minutes you know, it's it's a snapshot of time. We want you to be able to kind of go further um, in your conversations with friends. And so those are there for you to make the most of. Um, and as we always say as well, like we, do, we just really um, love printing out the letter, printing out um, the, the kind of book that we're doing and having freedom to just scribble on it and make notes and use those colours, use those highlighters yeah. and um, just get stuck into it and read it for all it's worth. Yeah. Felicity, would you pray for us as we close? Mm, absolutely. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that you are at work through it. And we pray that as we come to 1 Thessalonians, that you would be softening our hearts so that we might um, know you better through this and love you more and want to live in light of Jesus' return. Father, we pray that you do a deep work in us um, for your glory through our time in this letter. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Great. So we just want to say really, Check out the show note questions, get a buddy and uh, get Thanks stuck Thanks for joining us. It's so nice to have people listening along, isn't it? We've so missed this and it's so good to be back. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time for episode two, the beginning of the letter. Absolutely. Can't wait. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. This episode has been sponsored by Crossway. Do check them out at crossway.org.